Stupid Hearts Club is yours to enjoy for free wherever you get your podcasts. But if you've fallen deeply in love with the show, or me, even though that's a bit weird because we've never met, then you might want to consider supporting the show via patreon.com forward slash stupid hearts club for about five or a month you can indulge in your sick little fantasy that i am your very own little audio husband friend without ever having to deal with the fact that in real life i leave socks and half drunk glasses of water everywhere either way i'm very happy you're here so please enjoy the show Hearts Club podcast. This episode was recorded while my podcast was still called GSOH. Don't be confused, you're in the right place. Welcome to episode. I don't even fucking know what episode this is. It might be five. In a way, as I get into it, it won't matter which episode it is, because y'all will be just so, so into it, right, that you'll be going, I don't even know what number it is myself, even though it says on, it will say on the thing when you look at it, because it'd be dead easy for me then, because it, I just look at the one before, before I upload it. But now, as I'm talking to you, I honestly don't know what number this is, and I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, so I have been in um, quite a fucking miserable state, but I, I feel really good today. Um, but I was really miserable for a few days, but I managed to hoik myself out of it. <laughs> One of the reasons I've hoiked myself out of it is that I managed to get my first music gig as a solo little background music entertainer artiste under the name Stupid Hearts Club at a local pub. And it's given me a cute little thing to put in my diary and has cheered me r- r- right up. <laughs> That's the chest whistle. Anyway, um, some of you gave me some lovely feedback last week. You enjoyed me talking to Marco Sullivan. Uh, I'm definitely going to get Mark on whenever he fancies, really, because I really like talking to him and he's a mate. And uh, not going to lie, between him and Griggs, I'm going to need some regulars to help me sustain the longevity of this podcast. And I am going to try some solo stuff. And I do mean Han Solo. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Uh, But this week's guest is someone that I am very, very pleased and proud to be friends with and to have on. Because I just think I've got a talent crush on the lad, I think is the way of putting it. When I first saw him with the Penny Dreadfuls, 
and I've got a talent crush on all three of them actually. When I first saw Tom Tuck being funny in uh, with with his two other mates, Humphrey Carr and David Reed in the Penny Dreadfuls, I thought, now there is a funny man, and he's never let me down so far. Uh, I hope you love him. He's definitely you like an oddball, you lot, and he's definitely an oddball, and I mean that as a compliment. I think. I do for now, anyway, until it comes out that he's a murderer. <laughs> Slightly different vibe with Tom in that he actually came to my house, sat next to me, and we both spoke into the same condenser mic, a Rode NT1, for any of you gearheads out there. And uh, I hope... I think it sounds all right. There's no echo like there was last week. <laughs> but um, well, I've got to stop doing that, haven't I? That is not going to be my new thing. <laughs> Fucking cut that out right away. Yeah, Tom came round and we sat and had a chat. And uh, it does feel slightly nicer doing that. I must say it was uh, made it more of a social thing. And I got to see the person. And we had a pint afterwards, nothing nothing too heavy, but two or three pints in the local pub, the Old Sun, which is um, the grittier and more real of the two pubs in my mysterious village. I love it. I love it in there. It is uh, a proper old school, blokey, kind of like working man's after work, party lorry up, sort of a pub. And yet, they nobody has beat me up there for being the guy with zany glasses and a Hawaiian shirt on. <laughs> Maybe I am this much of a twat. Sorry, 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 sorry. Calm down. I'm turning into... Um, I'm sort of turning into um, the Joker, as played by Joaquin Phoenix in 2019. And actually, while we're, <laughs> that reminds me, I'll tell you about that. When I saw that film, which I think is a fucking brilliant film, by the way, I saw that film in 2019 while I was down and out, basically at that point feeling like a failed comedy person because I hadn't had any work for a while. I was living in my friend's spare room, so my kid no longer had like dad's flat to visit. Everything was in storage. I had like a small shoebox of his toys to go, oh, should we should we have fun in the car? And I wasn't feeling fucking good about myself. I was in debt. There was there was a few uh issues going on with a few people. And then I went to see basically Joaquin Phoenix and as as in in that film, and about twenty minutes into it, I'm thinking fuck me, this is too fucking close to the bone, which I wasn't expecting, going to see a film about Joker. Cause, and and the, the icing on the cake, because he was basically like a failing comedian who wasn't getting any work, with mental health problems, down on his luck, scratching a living together, with an over, overbearing mother and a difficult relationship with his past. And to top it all off, I then realised that even the fucking laundry, the tartan laundry bag... <laughs> That he carries around. 
<laughs> I've got one of them full of like bits of clothes and things for characters that I've done on stage and stuff over the years. And that was <laughs> the moment that the film sort of slashed me across the throat and um, sadness started to bleed from me. And I was just watching it thinking, this film is a fucking analogy for where I'm at at the moment. And I really, I still watched it and I, I thought it was impressive, but it, it, it depressed me so much that I felt like I was in a similar headspace to a maniacal failed joker. Especially the, the bit where he does he does some stand-up in front of a, an audience and it just goes really fucking badly because... And, and comedians have to watch this. Obviously, there's a lot of sad people out there doing comedy about their sadness. But you have to not make the audience feel sad. <laughs> if you've ever done a bit as a comedian in front of an audience where they've seen... You've shown them too much of the pain and you feel the audience kind of gulp and look down at their drinks... <laughs> I've done that as well. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, now a funny memory. But uh, I finished that movie and I walked miles and miles afterwards all the way from town to West Hampstead, where my mate was living. And I just got in bed with my jeans still on. <laughs> I just hid under the covers and thought, oh, my God, I'm the Joker. And uh, that maniacal laugh that he does is something that I sometimes wind Griggs up with. Griggs, who was uh, my guest a couple of weeks ago, who you're going to be seeing much more of. When I'm when I'm doing um, WhatsApp bullying messages to him, being his his controller and being like the maniac in his life, and he plays along being like a victim and calling me master, I often leave dozens of messages where I am laughing like the Joker like that. <laughs> Alistair. <laughs> I just do that for a bit sometimes when I'm just amusing myself. So even in the middle of my lowest, lowest moment, which was pretty much around then, I still had Griggs to pull me up I still had Griggs to make me feel better because he will always, always be worse than me. <laughs> anyway, I have no such problems with Tom Tuck because he always makes me happier by dent of just being so fucking bright and sparky and up for it and full of ideas. And he is, he puts a lot of, uh, people, well, a lot of comedy writers and myself, uh, sort of to shame in, in as much as we're not just in our pants moaning about the state of comedy. He's just fucking out being funny in front of people, getting getting live stuff happening, just fucking always going for it. And I love his energy. I really do. And I really admire him. And I hope you really love him. So without further ado, please um, enjoy my, I think it, I've got quite a long chat. I've edited one bit out that was just got too sex toysy. <laughs> but um, there's about 90 minutes of fucking great chat. And uh, I hope you love him. So here we go with GSOH episode, I don't know, five.
Hello Tom, it's Nico here, talking to you from my couch. I am also on your couch. It is nice to be here. This is just a testing ground for the, <laughs> the microphone itself. I'm, I'm glad you tried to test it out. I hope it works really well. <laughs> going to test it without the metronome just to be not stupid so if if this motherfucker is here and is turned up nice and sensitive hey man how are you i'm super great mate it's so good to see you man thanks what do you think of my weird village uh, i've only seen approximately a quarter of it i think You've seen two thirds of it. Oh right, <laughs> I've been to both of the roads. Yeah, you've, yeah, you've been from the station to my house, and if we look round that hedge over there, you'll see the end of the That's village, the it, and, yeah, yeah. and uh, in the distance, you'll see the uh, the threatening presence of Luton. I, I, I like that it um, uh, on the train line app. It has to go. Uh, brackets Bedfordshire. <laughs> <laughs> it's so. Not <laughs> the premier yes, occupier uh, of that name. No, it isn't. Yeah, Luton. Yeah, sorry. It's sort of every. I've not met anyone, even from round here, people who grew up in Luton, who they just shake their head when you say Luton. <laughs> like no, like you're not allowed to say it. A little bit worrying. Greetings, Tom Tuck. Hail, Nico. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is this is um, this is the first episode of GSOH where I've been in the same room as a person. Oh, is it? Yeah, I recorded the other over Zoom. They've that. all been on Zoom, and uh, or, or you know, like uh, I was doing it on GarageBand. Matt does it at his end, and then we swap audio and all that. And and otherwise, I've used clean feed have you ever used that i have yeah for a few yeah, things it's yeah it's pretty easy it's uh not a yeah not a, got, not a bad way to do it recorded but... all, all my stuff for um you know you listen to john luke roberts's uh sound heap no i have not uh it's a podcast of podcasts so it's it's, it's a Is it? compilation of podcasts that don't exist <laughs> <laughs> that's good how long has he been doing that um i think six episodes are out all oh, right, cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, th I think my, my my biggest part has been the host of Insafening Cacti. <laughs> <laughs> so do, uh, is one episode of that kind of like a, almost a bunch of sketches pretending to be other podcasts? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or or one long. No, no, the, the, yeah, the, 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 yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's a, it's um, um, the idea is that it's a. Um, uh, a, a podcast uh, house where they have 1,800 oh, yeah. podcasts <laughs> and here's the best of this week's. <laughs> it's good. very stupid. Well, hopefully this will be quite stupid. I'm, I'm hoping so. Because Fingers crossed. I hope you take this as a compliment, but I see you as quite stupid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the same time, as being genuinely one of the cleverest people I know, although I'm, I know that part of that is just I'm thick enough that you sound clever. <laughs> 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 I've got an authoritative voice um, <laughs> and moustache. <laughs> oh yes. Uh, genuinely, my favourite compliment uh, to give comedy is it's so dumb, so fucking <laughs> so dumb, so dumb. absurdly like, fucking stupid. Yeah, like what? Why have you made this decision? It's brilliantly stupid. You know, like. <laughs> 
What was your... Uh, I'm going to go straight into kind of uh, my sort of Parkinson mode. Okay. When, you first, when you became into comedy, when you first liked comedy, what was your Tom buzzing off back in, back in his childhood? Uh, mate, it's got to be Python. Really? Yeah. Straight in? Yeah, it's got to be Python, first, first and foremost. And then... Spike Milligan? Uh, uh, no, I didn't. I didn't do that till later, actually. Um, yeah, basically. What do you see first? Out of Python. Um, I think it just must have been some of Flying Circus. Yeah. Um, and then and then Blackadder that was BBC, into Rick Mail. No, yeah. no video. Oh right, yeah. A video rented from the British High Commission. Oh, well, there you go. That's the thing. That's the moment. Is when, when you discover a thing and you take it home and put it on and go, fuck. This is. This feels like it needs to be part of my life. This is for me. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know the Tinny and Woody sketch? I don't think I do. It's a very odd sketch, but it's like it's like. Oh yeah, this is exactly for me. It's, yeah. Um, it was. Uh, caribou. <laughs> Where? <laughs> no, just like saying the word caribou. <laughs> Lovely woody word. <laughs> Not like those newfangled tinny words, like newspaper a litter bit. Ugh, god awful tinny words. <laughs> That's caribou. Why are you saying it again? No, over there, nibbling the croquet hoops. <laughs> what I like so about that. Fucking dumb. How old were you then? Like 11. Because I think when you hear nonsense like that, you realise because you're a child and you're already halfway there because nonsense is the only, is all you know in it's a way. Fun. It's like all right, so that can be entertainment. You're allowed. Like you're allowed to <laughs> grown ups do it and other grown ups laugh and give them money. That's that's uh, that's quite empowering, isn't it? I remember feeling the same about. Uh, I mean, obviously to me, like the young ones and all that early on, but also yeah, so black black other into young yeah. ones into bottom. Yeah, is, yeah, is, yeah. Is right, next. yeah. Like Flashheart in in uh, as a moment, Flashheart in Blackadder was just what? like because I already, this was already this is com this is great comedy already, and then fucking Rick Mail comes in and just blows the fucking camera up. But like he like he deliberately, yeah, he wanted to win. Yeah, he'd been it was, competitive. It was com competitive comedy acting, which you know isn't perhaps the best working method, but like. He did win. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it really, it felt like he was like when now I I would say he was like that in the young ones as well, because Rick was, mm. you know, he was pretty heightened for 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 a, for a character that we've loved so much to be that heightened. I think, yeah, it's quite extreme. And Vivian, I mean, that was fucking how how heightened was that? Yeah, yeah. You know, when you think now, like the gold standard, like because Partridge has become the most fleshed out and complete comedy character fucking probably ever or certainly in Britain but it trades on its sort of uh, and he is silly but it it has to feel convincing but they're just Python and and those people you mentioned they weren't really tied up in all that were they? I don't know I, th I, th I think certainly in Bottom um, mm. uh, they are convincing characters even if they are Ludicrous, but they're 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 fundamentally believably awful people. <laughs> yeah, 
And just the, I like the fact that you're choosing people to write a thing that you're going to watch every week, and they are low, very low status. Well, I, I think that's with quite fuck British. All going for him. That's quite British. Cause like, um, certainly, the, st- the stand-up relationship between um, audiences and uh, performers in Britain, we want our no, well, say in America, they want their comedians to go, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Sorry, do you mind if I say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh God. Yeah, I'm drowning. But if you could, no, don't worry. I'm, I'm going to tell you an anecdote in which I do look quite good, <laughs> and I'm sorry about that. Winston <laughs> <laughs> Marks like, I killed this guy. Woo! Yeah. So I'm banging this chick. <laughs> And she's like, where do you get off? And I'm like, is that your Ferrari outside? She's like, kiss my ass. I, I won. And hey. then the, the, the English was like, I bought this egg and cress sandwich and it wasn't <laughs> yeah. very nice. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, I've had so many average egg and cress and sandwiches. And I was hit by a Ferrari. <laughs> where, why do we think of ourselves, we are, it's small, isn't it? I suppose it's just a small country. It's an island, an island mentality, but... That smallness of that Britishness. Uh, well, I think it's probably related to how uh, to, to uh, empire and colonisation and, and a, a bit now of guilt about it. Do you reckon? Do you reckon? I what, mean, that's you, that's, am, that's amateur psycho- but, yeah. psychoanalysis. Very amateur, if I may say so. No, but what I mean is, I'm no Lacanian because. A lot of people, people, you know, our brothers and sisters around Britain who aren't English, uh, you're Scots, you're Welsh, you're Irish, okay. they think we're all arrogant and uh, well, entitled. The, they were as involved in um, empire as we as the English were. Right. It, it, you know, in, at some point more so. Right. The Welsh and the Irish, they get a pass. Really? This is what I'm... Listeners, this is what I mean about him being clever. I don't know if what he said is even true, but... I've already got a bit of a semi because I feel like I'm in the presence of someone that's read some books I haven't read, and I will take that any day. And um, yeah, no, there's the yeah, certainly in in, in India and and uh, all of those, the place, the amount of Scottish surnames, and yeah, right, and even just go look at the roads in mm. the new town of Edinburgh. Yeah, they're all named after the places they exploited the money from. Really. Can you give me an example? India Street. Wonga Street. Jamaica Street. <laughs> right, really, yeah. No, she went of her own accord street. <laughs> <laughs> that does that I bet that, 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 that's joke use. <laughs> that joke doesn't work in Scotland. The Jamaica! The Jamaica! No, she went of her own accord. No, Jamaica! Do, then maybe it does work. Just Barbados! <laughs> Barbados! I love I love a Scottish accent and I love the Scotch. Did you not go to uni up there? I did, man. Yeah, I went to Edinburgh University. And how oh, did University they... of Edinburgh, as it's properly known? <laughs> and how did they take to you up there? Did you get your head kicked in? Oh, twice. <laughs> <laughs> and were you behaving like this? Uh, no. Uh, one one time uh, it was because a uh, classic mistake. I had a hat on. <laughs> yeah, you had a hat on uh, outside of the 1930s. Yeah, yeah, so I had a hat yeah, on. Yeah, fucking um, 1930s, cunt. Well, three th- three guys took took my hat. It's on Cowgate. If you don't know Cowgate, yeah. that's where Buckfast bottles go to die. <laughs> <laughs> and they took my hat and started playing Piggy in the Middle with me. Oh, uh, just give me my fucking hat back. And then... I'd like to have seen this, by the way. Cleverly, I thought, if I get one of their things... Yeah. 
then I could trade it back for my hat. Ah. So I went to grab Sporran. <laughs> went for his, his glasses. And I went for his glasses. Oh. Uh, turns out he wasn't wearing glasses. I was quite drunk and just <laughs> poured his face and then they <laughs> battered me into a wall and threw my oh. now frankly useless headgear back down upon me uh, and the other time in I'm a not... way you won that because who got his hat back yeah it's pretty 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 fucked though oh, sorry to hear that and then the I, I other time right of a beating um in edinburgh i got hit was a, a guy rampaging literally rampaging through the streets going are you english are oh, you right. english are yeah. you english are you english and, and uh, you saw that coming and still said yes. <laughs> well, I stepped in front of the two girls I was oh, right. with, yeah. uh, one of whom was English, and said yes, and then he hit me in the head. All <laughs> oh, right. And then I hit him in the head, and then he ran away. That's more pleasant than the other one, I think. I think that's that yeah, was I mean, at least one quite... on one. So <laughs> he just, just, just sorry, only asking. Just want to get this out of the system. Yeah. Smack. <laughs> Off you go. Bye bye. Um, what Nev, was it? Never was... ever had a problem in Glasgow. Well, that's strange because obviously the Glaswegians think that people from Edinburgh aren't even Scottish and that they're English and that Edinburgh isn't even really Scotland because it's so full of English because it is, you know, there's loads. Well, no, but there's little, loads of posh Scots who sound yeah. English. Yeah, 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 that's def definitely. And so, also, but the, yeah, the, the, the university is, is quite full of poshos. Yeah. I, don't, like, I, I know I sound it, but I'm not. Where, where, where are, what, in what way are you not? Where are you from? I'm from Leeds. And yeah. both my parents are the first generation to go to university in their yeah. families. And dad... The first two people in Leeds ever. Yeah. Well, neither of them from Leeds. Oh, right. dad, dad, dad's from uh, sort of, uh, Northumberland and um, mum's from Wolverhampton. Right. Which, you know, neither could be categorised as posh. What was Leeds like then? Well, I didn't really live there until I was 15. Oh, yeah, wait a minute. Just before, I think I might still have it. I might have it recorded. I may. You may have already heard this bit. Um, did you say you lived somewhere tropical? Uh, yes, I grew up mainly in the tropics. Really? Uh, in order, the places I lived were Sri Lanka, Denmark, Egypt, Malawi, Zimbabwe. Well, Denmark? Not yeah. in the tropics. No, no, no. <laughs> Go on. Sri Lanka, Denmark. Uh, Egypt, Malawi, yeah. Zimbabwe. Wow. The Philippines. And Bangladesh. Fucking hell. Really? And then Leeds. <laughs> the big eight. Yeah, yeah. Seven steps to Leeds. Imagine <laughs> after all that. Oh, here we found it. Now, yeah, so like I was at an American international school in Bangladesh, and uh, I had long hair and a deep tan and a blonde streak at the front of my hair. And we came back to Leeds to a Catholic, six, oh, Catholic, right, yeah. Catholic high school, and I was pupil number one eight three. Yeah, <laughs> and the people were like, who the fuck is who this? Who the fuck is this? It looks like Lord fucking Greystalk. I had a similar experience of my mum taking me to live in Marbella when I was seven or eight. And it was kind of like her sort of divorced, wanting to be happy, not knowing where, what she wanted, where she wanted to be phase. So she was basically like Shirley Valentine, but with a kid. So in, in, a, in a way, it was a bit like the, the beginning of Karate Kid. So it was me, you know, mum and mum and kid moving into a new place. I was chucked into a Spanish school for a bit. Y hablo español? Se bien, oui. <laughs> no, no, un Por poco, supuesto. sí, un poco. Pero ahora... Lo más importante es encontrar el cuchillo. Si encontramos el cuchillo, sabremos quién ha sido. La familia es el más importante. Puta. Basically, all my Chinga Spanish now... madre, cabrón. <laughs> Basically, all my Spanish now is off narcos, but I can, st I can order in a restaurant. But it's, yeah, I'm not, I'm not fluent. I've got an A, I've got an AS level in it. Got an A. I, 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 like, I was um, 
you, your law aprendi in Bangladesh, um, mm. but the t the teaching was very good, and I got came back here for year eleven, and um, went to top set Spanish. First day, teacher asked me a question in Spanish. I answered in Spanish, and yeah. everyone looked at me and you speak Spanish. Yeah, you're fucking Spanish or something. <laughs> like, you Mexican bastard. You're, you're all doing a GCSE in nine <laughs> months, right? Yeah. And yeah. none of you speak Spanish. <laughs> and like, I got worse for a year and still got an A star. Oh, shit, man. What was that like arriving in Britain? Because that's the thing I was going to say. I was only briefly out of the country and had a bit of a tan. And because my name, my mum calls me Nico. My name is Nicholas. But she doesn't want to call me Nick because my dad was called Nick and he left her. So basically my name is born out of bitterness. God. Like, so I'm called Nico and everyone's like, oh, is it Nico? Like, where about in Italy are you from? Like, no, I was born in Rochdale. My mum just hates my actual name, so she doesn't <laughs> say it. So so I so I was like in this little, Man you know, Manchester little, uh, you know, prime the end of primary school with everyone thinking that I was some fucking Spanish cunt with a son called Nico and it's like well no you know I've just been somewhere else and I, I, I now know words like tortilla or caballero but uh, it's a bit weird being seen as exotic when all you are is just a kid who's been dragged about yeah yeah so what was that like um, you lived in a lot of countries yeah um, this, um, like... uh, I've, 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 I've said this multiple times but um, there's a Bill Bryson quote uh you never feel so much part of your own culture as when you're surrounded by people who aren't. Yeah. So you become more English <laughs> because you're sort of negatively defining what you are. But like when you were young, then when you were in these other places, did you, do you do you still do you feel global now, or do you feel yeah yeah, yeah. you do come across quite English to be fair yeah but it's a, it's a constructed personality oh yeah we've all got one of them somewhere haven't we I mean I just. Yeah, like I, I barely exist <laughs> without what, what the, the, the scaffolding I put in place. The, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. We've, we, I think it's a, it's a survival technique, isn't it? You know. Yeah, I mean, because um, until Bangladesh, I didn't live anywhere for longer than like eighteen months. Yeah. So I'm very good at making friends quickly, but then I don't know what should happen after that. You know, like are we sort of, like very adaptable and like right. Are we allowed to know why you had to move so often? Is it what was the job? I mean, um, so uh, Dad's a civil engineer. Uh, right. It was water infrastructure projects, so they're, they're, they're short-term contracts, um, usually for Danish NGOs. Um, kind of, yeah. I mean, you know, like obviously it must have had its downsides, being pulled around all over the place. But you don't know any different but, when you're a kid. Yeah, and also fucking hell, just having that breadth of experience. Yeah, do you think that's hugely had lucky? Had had an because I feel like this country is pretty. Um, actually, we're quite tolerant. I know there's I know there's a lot of heat on that subject in the last couple of years. But throughout my life, I felt like we're reasonably tolerant compared to a lot of other European countries, especially outwardly. Yeah. Yeah, we, we've, we've hostile. We've, we've got we've got a a strong streak of hostility. Yeah. But it's not the majority of the country. Yeah. I think the majority of the country are very much... Do what you want. Yeah, do what you want, but... but at Be the who same... you want. Like, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas, like... I don't know, perhaps not, but but, the, but they're, like... The, the, yeah, the, the militant racism that you see in Italy and... Yeah. Um, Poland and things like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
like the you know chan- chanting. I mean, you know, obviously the football yeah. has not shown. Well, social media is as 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 yeah re- rekindled the ability to for people to target people and be horrible. But you know, as far back as the nineties, a, a racist chant starting on the terraces at Man United would get hushed. Shut up, you fucking racist bastard! You know stuff like that. So even though that that was there, there was there was a louder, mm. a louder kind of, uh, which I used to really impress me. I used to think I'm fucking glad. I I remember being so naive, being a kid, and thinking, oh, that's nice that racism's gone now because we've just done a poster about it in <laughs> in school and we've put it on the wall and now we're having yeah, an assembly I mean, like, about about apartheid and it's all gone away. But I like I I yeah ge- genuinely like. The um, experience of having lived in so many places mm. and just going to school with so many different people, like in Bang- in Bangladesh, the, I think the most Americans, then Bangladeshis, then probably Koreans, Norwegians, maybe then maybe Dutch. Yeah, and it's just like that. That's a pretty wide swath of people. Yeah. So that, is that the main the main makeup of the expat international career sort of engineering community that wherever so, so, you went you well, were so around engi- those. engineering diplomats? Um, so the old colonies, really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, um, apart from Denmark, they're all British colonies, aren't they? I suppose the Philippines. No, yeah, but then the Dutch it. colonies as well. Like when you you know, didn't Holland have a stuff going on in? That was Southeast Asia. You're right. Yeah. Um, so did you, did you say the Philippines is one of them? Mm. What's your favourite out of all the countries? Well, Bangladesh was the only place I lived longer than 18 months, so it's got to be Bangladesh, really. In the Philippines, I was off school three times. Uh, one for an earthquake. <laughs> one for a typhoon. And one for a military coup. <laughs> Fucking hell, <laughs> it was brilliant. Quite, it, was, it was quite an eventful 18 months. Tom won't be in today. He's having his military coup. No, sorry. Did what? How? How near? How? How on top was the military coup? Was that like? It was uh, tanks, tanks on the streets. F- like where you lived? No, we were we were, we were in a gated community, darling. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Alabang Hills. Sounds like, sounds like probably wasn't a bad idea to be in a gated <laughs> yeah, community. Yeah, to be fair. Yeah. I mean, there, there still is. I mean, there, and there was at the time quite a lot of violence in Manila. It's a Manila. Fuck yeah! They're just these are all just words I remember from eighties newsreaders. <laughs> Today in Mandela, something, something, the grown-ups, something far away, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like... Meanwhile, Tom Tuck's in the middle of every news story I ever ignored. <laughs> going, ah! Day off school. <laughs> yeah! Day off school. Let me just fill in my war chart. <laughs> Genuinely, when when we moved to Bangladesh, it was the first place we'd, uh, I think we'd ever live without a pool. Furious. <laughs> <laughs> this won't do. Uh, we had, although at, at different points, I think we had possibly seven members of staff. Oh really? Was that so? Is your dad quite sort of posh, or no. is it just is it I, just the, the nature of that work? No, meaning, no, I mean, it's just it is a the, fuck na- to me, the, the nature the nature of um, Bangladesh. I mean, the labour retreat. Right. Yeah. 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 And so we had um, a gardener, mm-hmm. a guard, mm-hmm. a driver. Um, a bearer, a guard. That's a good one. Uh, an ayah, a what? An ayah. It's a sort of um, babysitter, maid. All oh, right, yeah. Au pair, sort of. Yeah. Vision. Um, a cook, and at one point we had a tailor living under the stairs. <laughs> a tailor. Fucking, <laughs> that's taking the piss. <laughs> that was that was only to, to make the costumes for the school play. Must I? <laughs> must I do everything myself? 
Can't someone else take up these trousers very, very occasionally? <laughs> yes, I think we should have a live-in tailor. Tom is growing at such an alarming rate. His Denmark outfit doesn't even fit him anymore. His Danish national dress. <laughs> Going back to football, actually. We're d delighted when Dem Denmark won that. Um, the Euros in 92. Yeah, that was... like, I've lived there! I'm taking this as a win. I'll take it. Well, yeah, you've got to, you've got to get your football victories where you can in international football if you're from these isles. And same with the cricket when um, Sri Lanka won the World Cup, the One Day World Cup. Like I've lived there. Take yeah. this as a win. <laughs> yeah, yeah so I suppose it pays off, doesn't it? In the long run, you're like <laughs> multi multinational. Egypt, Egypt to win the um, African Cup of Nations again. I'll take it as a win. <laughs> Uh, so that, I don't think Malawi or Zimbabwe are winning that anytime soon. Was anywhere? Does you do you look back on anywhere and think that was just so? I mean, I suppose you were you already knew that cultures were different, so you were right. But was was anywhere just like this feels so weird and alien and different and not like because surely even like your family are like Western, so you know, like when you lived in Egypt or anywhere like that, was it? Did it feel like you were in the middle of an odd? world I, no, I just, you just, you just don't, don't know any different a as a kid yeah i mean i saw i, I went to um kindergarten in egypt mm. um and i don't remember like a whole lot so i was like four or five um uh and i was exempt from quran lessons <laughs> oh really well there you go uh, so i just got to sit sit in uh, another room and read a book for an hour how different it could have been yeah mum's <laughs> uh, got a recording of me somewhere d um Reciting the Arabic alphabet. Oh, wow. <laughs> At four. Can you remember any of it? I left Beth. No. Really? No. No. I mean, that's I, that, I do... That's I do, that item dead. I do, I do wish I'd learned more languages. I, I only know Spanish, which is, you know, not the language of any country I've lived in. <laughs> that's, a, that's interesting. I, yeah, I wish I'd learned Bangla or Tagalog. Uh, or what? Tagalog. What's that? Uh, the Filipino. Oh, really? Language, yeah. Is it? Yeah. Is that the main language? Yeah, what happened to Filipino? Just a word I've heard. Right. Yeah, that, that, doesn't that, exist. That's named after King oh, Philip. All right. Oh, right. Okay. It's as, when it was a Spanish colony. Here we go. Tom Tuck with facts. <laughs> literally, um, he, this is a man literally with some knowledge in his head. <laughs> um, yeah, Tag Tagalog is the. I mean, it's a. It's there's over a thousand islands. There's so many different dialects and right. languages, but Tagalog is the sort of national language. Shit, man, I love it. I always learn from you. I love, I love him. How uh, in English we just like, no, not not your word for it. We'll just go do a new word. Like you know what, what Finland is in Finnish. Go on, Swami, Swami. We'll just say Finland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll just like, say Croatia is Hrvatska. All right. Hrvatska. Hrvatska. We'll yeah. just say Croatia. Croat. We'll just say Croatland. Croat. We'll just say Croland. <laughs> Fucking ludicrous. Yeah. Handy, though. <laughs> so, you live in all these places. Like, to me, you're you're a very... Like, I feel like you've got a very distinct voice and a very distinct if you like comedy brand, I hate using the word brand because you're a person, <laughs> but like you've just said about, to an extent, we construct a personality. That's really interesting to me because obviously the, the reasons you'll, you'll be doing that, are they, are they, 
anything is that is that something you're conscious of why you ended up being someone that loves to put on that wacky armor of um i think um it's it's sort of back justifying how i've turned out <laughs> <laughs> possibly uh, like and why i think i'm a better actor than i am a comedian in a right. way um that i i i i all i'm always sort of flitting between personalities i've constructed so I remember it, it obviously like when I first saw you doing comedy it was with the other lads the dreadfuls which, the penny dreadfuls which um are kind of edinburgh legends done quite a bit of done really well on radio as well haven't you and yeah we did, we did um two series and then um i think nine specials really like to me when i first saw you lot and we're going back a bit here i i did feel like it was the close which show was it Oh, it was the name of a man, and it was like a story. Uh, so the uh, in Pleasance Two. No, but I saw it. I saw a warm up in London at uh, Do- Greenwich. Yes, Greenwich Playhouse. Yes. Yeah, so Anise Faversham uh, forever. Faversham, yeah. Anise Faversham forever with the the Oyster God. Yes, it and was the fucking brilliant and the uh, the shadow puppets. Yeah, it was it was fucking great. And oh, it, and uh, see that scar on my thumb. It's, yeah, it's not. You know, particularly pronounced, but you can see that that sort of ridge there. Yeah, that came from that show. Um, in you know, so we, there was the par- I was playing Susan uh, with the parasol, <laughs> were... with the parasol, yes, and then I, I, then I go that, out yeah. and there's a horse bomb. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she whips the horse and the the horse explodes, and so <laughs> David comes back in with the with the destroyed parasol. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. We had they were both actually Victorian parasols that we right. rented. Um, but the the destroyed one mm. had a um, screw coming out the end of it, oh. and in in the kind of fake chase at the end of the show, David managed to stab me in the hand, oh. and then I had to do the rest of the show just bleeding out of my knuckle, <laughs> bleeding and out. People of my would fist. have maybe thought that was staged. Yeah, when well, started like, doing a bow, yeah. like what? Well, like, Wasn't that the slow motion? Wasn't there a slow motion chase in that? Yeah. Well, so that that, that was. Um, we hadn't figured out what we were going to do. For oh, that bit, right, so yeah. we we just did an improv bit. So basically, Humph- whatever Humphrey did, oh. David and I then had to like just oh, follow right. him. So if he did a slow mo bit, oh, then I we just had to remember do a him. And then he went through a revolving door. Yeah, and that's when David stabbed me. He's got like, we revolving through my so you were, door. So you were actually, you knew what you were doing, but there were moments where he went, "One of us is going to do something, and the others have to just go with it." Yeah, um, fucking great. W- w- when we did the next year's show, actually, we built in moments that we kept. Yeah, yeah. So you found like, the one that worked. No, no, we, we, we built in moments that were like, this is going to be improv. Okay. This oh, is, right. This, this, this is going to be a fuck about. Oh, brilliant. Um, I love that. That's that so in, brave. In, in that show, there was um, there was one bit where basically we were doing a joke about corpsing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. I was playing a corpse. Oh, and yeah, hum- yeah. Humphrey would just say something different every day to try and get me to laugh whilst I was playing a corpse. <laughs> and he would just keep going, like, basically <laughs> insulting me <laughs> until I broke. <laughs> Yeah, you were fucking great together, you lot. Are you, are you all still in touch? Like, oh yeah, yeah, we did a read with the other day. Um, oh good, I'm like, I'm glad uh, of the play that play they've written, um, which hopefully will get put on at some point. Tim Rice is going to write the lyrics for the songs. Fucking hell, really? Wow. They're, now that's a sign of the quality we're dealing with here, guys. We're talking about you've got. It feels to me like because you've always been like brave and really creative and all that with your stuff, but it also feels like it's part of. Without without being sniffy about it, that it does link to that 
to the tradition, to the sort of, to the Pythons and to the sort of, uh, you know, very, very, uh, oh, you know, it's great. You are proper like Edinburgh legends, and that links to the sort of like I don't know what the backgrounds are of of the three of you, if you like. Was is it is it Footlightsy, or is well, it, so is Ed, it... Ed, Edinburgh University has an yeah their version troop. right yeah, um, so um, there's there's no real sketch sort of. A society or whatever like like footlights but mm. the improv troupe is 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 how we sort of trained how to be funny in front of an audience basically so did you lot meet up there yeah and just became buds and yeah so we were we're all the same year and it's the same improv troupe that um miles jupp was in oh yeah and so he's he's a couple of years above us in fact the first play i did at edinburgh he mm. played my dad <laughs> <laughs> an acorn obviously well he's yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's uh, Miles Jupp's a sort of uh, Miles Jupp's always sort of looked like a dad, hasn't he? He's got that dad face, hasn't he? Yeah, I'm, I'm in the nicest I'm way. I'm slowly getting into the casting of Friendly there? Dad. Oh yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of adverts going about for Friendly Dad. Yeah, I tend to get oddball neighbour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can, I, I can pull that one off as well. But like, there's just so many more Friendly Dads about. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so, so yeah, Hump, Dave, and uh, I, and then and, and Jamie. Who was in the sh- in the troop of the previous two shows? He quit. Jamie? Yeah, he quit on the last last day. Oh yeah. Of the second year's show. Jamie what? Anderson. All oh, right, I don't know if I know him. Uh, he's moved moved to LA. He's, uh, mm-hmm. He writes uh, questions for quiz shows. Fair enough. And he's very happy. People will <laughs> always need questions. Um, but yeah, no, we, we we don't perform live together because Humphrey's moved to LA as well. Yeah, so Humphrey Although, Humphrey is it Kerr or Carr? Carr. Humphrey Carr, fucking brilliant. I I had him in a in a in a little pilot thing I made. One of the first things I ever did. That's when I first met him. I wouldn't wouldn't have known him from Adam, but he was fucking brilliant. And none of, we were all at the beginning, really, and uh, really really liked him. And then he yeah, he buggered off he buggered off to America, didn't he? Well, he's, he's doing back. all right over there, isn't he? He's back now. Didn't he write Often. on? Did he write on Ted Lasso or something? No, I've got that wrong. He might have. He might. Have he's he's done. Some, no, no yeah. he's now executive director of Wrexham Football Club. I beg your pardon. He's executive director of Wrexham Football Club. <laughs> in the real world, like yeah. in Wales, in in the country yeah. of Wales, he's the executive director of Rex. How the fuck's that happened? From yeah. LA, writing jokes. Uh, because um, he's properly Ryan, posh, by Ryan, the way. Ryan, he, no, he's proper. He's posh. he's the real deal posh. Like he yeah, was no, at he, school he, with Prince William and he shit, wasn't indeed. he? Yeah, same yeah. year at Eton. Wow. Um, and uh, most of the busts in Humphrey's house of members of his um, ancestry. Really? Yeah. Most of the bronzes in Humphrey's house <laughs> are pugs. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, posh people like pugs, don't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they certainly do. Um, uh, no, so Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney bought Wrexham. Right, yeah, and, I might have seen that, and they yeah. and they've been paid to make a documentary about it for Netflix. I right. think I think it's Netflix, maybe someone else. But um, is that so, Deadpool? So yeah. Deadpool has bought Wrexham. Yeah, fucking hell. And um, so Hump has written on Always Sunny. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one, isn't it? That's a good credit. Uh, well, his his um, I think his wife runs the writing room now. Yeah, she's she's like shit hot, isn't she? Oh yeah, I fo- yeah, I, yeah. I, I followed her on Twitter before they'd met. Yeah, like, really. She, she's yeah. Like, she's What's her name? Megan Gans. Yeah, really, really smart, and they got married. Um, but yeah, I think they they wanted someone who actually knew about football, um, and they knew and could be on camera for the Netflix thing. Fuck man! So they set Humphrey to Rex. So he's going to be like. 
doing talking heads and stuff. Yeah. Trying to do one of, one of those kind of Sunderland Till I Die fucking exactly. series. Going, hello, I'm Humphrey Carr. I'm yeah, here he, to save your little Welsh town. He was, he was like, yeah, sounds great. <laughs> I mean, you would, wouldn't you? We spoke to him about it. He's like, yeah, it's, it's a real job. I've got to do like do a job. <laughs> it's really annoying. That's mad. <laughs> Thought it'd just be funny. <laughs> he does love his footy. I'll give him that. Mm. It, see, when you're from up north like me, right? Well, I mean, you are, so you already know this. But as you went, you obviously. Uh, you were in, I think it's fair to say, to my sort of uh, kind of like small time neck curtain English eyes, you're like quite well travelled. You go up to uni. Did did you were you already aware of a um, of a culture of like you know improv and I'd seen I'd seen that improv show when I went first went up to the fringe in 1999. Um, production because... of West Side Story, Monster Twist, yeah, Capoeira. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but then, if you were like out of Britain until like eleven, was there any comedy going on? Fifteen. Fifteen. So do do you discovered Python and stuff like that while you were being international, right? Yeah, yeah, on vid- on video. But it's interesting because you wouldn't have had just sort of like the you didn't grow up with like the British playground sense of humour, and 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 yet. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I, when when I think about when I I loved comedy from very early on and was just watching the telly in Britain, just like everyone else, drinking orange squash, Vimto, eating crisps and watching the telly. And so when I I realised I loved comedy long before I understood anything about how you make that into a thing that mm. is real in someone's life, right? So. Um, and to me, it was if you went, you know, if you went through certain universities, and, uh, the, and then you why got I, there. Why I applied to Cambridge. Yeah, I didn't get in, but it's yeah. why I applied because, like, like oh, half of Python were footlights. Right. Yeah, but that. But what I'm saying is, I wouldn't have even known that that was. Oh, that's where that starts. Not that it's the only way. So by the time I'm like twenty odd, getting on thirty, and I'm thinking, right, I love comedy, and I've not tried anything yet, and now I hate myself, and I've got to sort of. <laughs> see if there's a way into it from loving stuff on TV at that point I would have said I would have said the show's tipping me over the red over the edge making me go you've got no excuse not to try this because look how easy it technically is to try and do something funny now it was Mar- Marion and Jeff and uh a lot there was a lot of sort of mock docs at the time well before the office that Royal family as well doesn't get the credit. It oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. But even like early Peter Kay, and um, and obviously we'd all, we already knew about Spinal Tap and all that sort of thing. So well, I I would just look around and go, you see funny people everywhere. Anyone can buy a camcorder. Surely just pretending to be other people and being a bit daft that's a way to start. But I didn't I didn't have any concept of how that goes from just you dicking around in your house with your old camcorder plugged into a telly. And I wish, I really wish I hadn't uh, understood earlier on about, yeah, you know, put yourself in a situation where you're with other people that like that thing. And then uh, it, feel, it feels like it must have been ace to be at uni playing around at the, I mean, yeah. the grassroots of that stuff. So, so, so I'm slightly jealous and a bit chippy about it, but... The director of yeah. the show that he cast me and Miles as father and son was like, don't do introverts, don't do introverts. And Miles was like, Absolutely, do introverts. The mm. amount of time you stand on stage mm. making people laugh, which mm. is like every Friday during term, and then 
full fringe run. Yeah, yeah. Just like that's how, that's how you learn to stand on well, stage yeah. being funny. Yeah, yeah. The grounding. Yeah, and I think I never, I personally never reached. I don't reckon I ever got out of first or second gear on stage. I've done plenty of bits and pieces on stage, and I love it, and I love. But it's almost like I love it more like, oh, I'm here, and look, here's the dressing room, and here's all the other people doing weird stuff. Mm. And now it's my turn. That bit's finished now. I never really had a sort of... Uh, I didn't have the discipline. Possibly I'm blaming this for everything now, but I've definitely got like an ADHD thing going on. I haven't made my mind up and drilled down into a certain character or teamed up with anyone to make a double act. or like It, never, it just never mm. really stuck. But I ended up f- feeling like... I got enough. I almost like preferred getting the inspiration from watching what everyone else was doing, and because my sort of bread and butter started being, I, I started getting hired to write for TV shows. It was like, well, maybe that's just the way it is. Like my job is doing that bit, and these other mad people are out doing this thing. But I'll always, there'll always be a bit of me that wants to go back in time and mm. have that experience of. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's it it, it it is sort of sort of. Um, contingent on the, sort of how your life goes, isn't it? It is, but it's also well. They say it's a young man's game and all that, which doesn't mean that anyone has to stop doing it. But I did my first Edinburgh when I was forty, and it was work in progress, and I hadn't really planned it properly, and I just felt like I was in the middle of a sort of breakdown for a month. <laughs> like <laughs> I mean, yeah. I found it really. I just didn't really know what I was trying to get out of it. In the middle of it, I had a few good gigs. Well, no, so, so Edinburgh, like, should be Mm-mm. how you make a show. Yeah. By the end of Edinburgh, you should have a show that you can tour. Right. Yeah. That, that, okay. That, right. That, that's how it should. And, it, and people do not treat, like, treat it like that. No, they they, they go treat up it there. as a trade show and a fuck fest. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so um, that, I, I basically like, nil, nil, nil so far on that on all of those scores. <laughs> but I because yeah, my first Edinburgh at seventeen. With that uh, production West Side Story, and then two years later, I was at Edinburgh University. So yeah. I already had, had a, I was already paying rent somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, and that's I did, the way to do I it. I did three shows, and I, I've, I've pretty much done three shows a year or more since then. And I, yeah, I, miss, I miss, did feel miss, a little bit year, like would, would would have been my twentieth consecutive. Because there's no nineteenth no, yeah. consecutive. Fucking hell. Yeah. And that's it. I, I looked at it. I went up there that year and went, okay, right. So you've stood in front of some people being a football hooligan called Paul the Shark, who's a lot from Nottingham and that was a bit naughty. And like, I had some good jokes and whatever, but I hated, I hadn't done, basically I hadn't done the yards enough to know how to inhabit that act. I'd just written some jokes and was trying to remember them. And it stressed me out every night. And then later on, I remember obviously seen a lot of people, other people's shows and knowing that they were further down the line. But first I'd think, all oh, right, I get it. I'll be good at this in 10 years. Fuck, that feels a bit exhausting. <laughs> but then the other bit of it was um, feeling weird, like a, like realising I was on the first rung of the Edinburgh ladder the year I went and did it felt odd. And it wasn't like I thought, oh, I can't do this, or I won't be any good at this. It just felt like, I wish I'd have done what you'd have done and started at 17 because now I'd be fucking rocking this. But does it feel like a wise decision to start doing this at 40 and then be doing your first good Edinburgh show in another <laughs> 10 years? Like, I just wasn't... Well, I mean... I, you... I lost confidence, basically. And it felt like, you know, this is like knocking on the door at Man United, age 38, going, listen, I've, you know... I like what you do here. I want to be part of it. Now, 
all, all I'm asking for is a trial. Just just put me on just put me on for ten minutes against Coventry in the cup. It's like, <laughs> no, mate, it's kind of gone, mate. Yeah. No, you know, I can still fucking I can still run a hundred meters in eighteen seconds. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I mean, you you you'd been writing, mm. but not performing. So I don't think it would take it would take you ten years. Because you know you have the sort of other, yeah, I know other skills. I know what you, you mean. You, you, you've got you'd have got there shorter than someone starting. But basically, you end up having to say to yourself, "I came back from that year. I remember it was for no real reason. I think it drained me so much. It's the only time I've ever looked back and think, oh, I got depressed. I actually felt like I was like in the doldrums mm. for about two months after it, out of sort of exhaustion.'" And almost looking back over my shoulder, going, "What was that?" And it was like I was like a bit, a bit of a gibbering wreck. Yeah, I have the opposite with that. Really, yeah. it really sort of um, enlivens me. But I know a lot of people who find it a very draining experience. Mm. But I, I, I like put me on any gig in September, I'll fucking crush it. Yeah, it's like so gig fit and just yeah, yeah, alive, yeah, alive yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, because I always do like multiple, multiple shows and fit as many extra gigs as I can in. So I'll be, you know. I think m- m- most have been on stage in one day is about six hours. Wow. Shit. That's a shift, isn't it? It's, but, it but, like, you know... And everybody, also... Everybody else does, you know, a nine-to-five. Well, yeah. <laughs> people, people whining at that one hour. Well, yeah. But having two things to care about in it really helps. Yeah, It's yeah. like, I can't, really? can't just obsess about this. Oh. You've got to go do the next thing. And it, and it compartmentalises it. I've always seen that as, Jesus, why do... People, like like almost like it's like a mania like guys calm down just do one show like but but i see what you're saying you basically can't beat yourself up so because there's just stuff to you, do you've, you've got to go and do something else yeah uh, that's good and so, i've and always wanted to do a play up there to be fair oh yeah i've done i've done a fair few i'd love to write and put on a play but you know all in good time <laughs> have you got anything cooking at the moment that is uh you know, I mean, obviously at the moment Edinburgh itself is. I mean, it is happening a it bit is happening, this year. Yeah, no. Um, Isabel's going. My flatmate is going up for the entire thing because she runs comedy club for kids, right. and that's going to run for the first two and a half weeks. Um, Luke John Luke Roberts is going up. Yeah. Um, for the beginning, I might go up for the end. Really? Just you know. I'd like to. I would like to go back up just to see Edinburgh again, but at the moment I'm a bit scared of travel and all that shit. Mm. He's funny, John Luke Roberts, and he. I wasn't. I wasn't. I, w- I didn't really know him very well, like for years, and see him around, like you know, people waving at each other while we're pretending to be busy in Soho <laughs> Theatre or whatever. And then I saw him do one particular. He was just dicking around trying something out on like a on a, you know, just a with Marnie Godden. It was a night she'd put on and went to watch her because I think she's fucking brilliant. She's very, very. Marnie funny. Godden, check her out. Um, I think she's on Instagram. She is on Instagram. She's on Instagram yeah. A bit avant-garde, quite wacky, yeah, quite so silly the, and immature, um, like just clown dead adorable. Stuff. She's adorable, and she's just got the best comedy eyes ever as well, hasn't she? Especially on stage, she did. She yeah, she, uh, her eyes are like. Well, I've got tiny eyes, so they're about fifteen times bigger than mine. <laughs> but she's very good. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I miss, I miss. Uh, yeah, it's been too long. I'd, I'd like to see some people and do, doing what they do again, just to. Just because what's always felt nice being in the comedy in the comedy world, even though I wasn't really a big part of that live bit, is just knowing that the thing that you've 
sort of want you know wandered towards and that is sort of your world it's just so ace seeing all these people dreaming up their own little mad little corners it's, fucking great. Like, it's, Edinburgh, it's my favorite bit of the whole thing Ed- edinburgh the fringe um is so lovely if, when when you've done it for so many times mm. you've done the iterations of it and it's in your bones and then you're in a city mm. with loads of good people mm. trying their best yeah and I've ran every corner as a mate. And every, and yeah, and <laughs> like, like I like you. And I all like the, you. I'll come to your show. This is lovely. Yeah, and all most of the bits you go and see, obviously not. It's not like you're looking for like there's there's going to be one thing where this is perfect comedy. It's it's a lot of it's quite ramshackle. It's still working itself out, isn't it? Uh, or you know, and just by dent of so, so the venues that things are in and all that, it's well, like a, the shows I go see. Like I'm, I'm yeah. not going. I'm probably not going to go see a, a really really polished show in a big venue. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Like. I could do that in London. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> here's here's the energy of of a thing of creation. Yeah, the, I think um, the year I was up there. Which year was that? Oh, twenty fifteen. Um, I was doing my clown. Did you come see the clown? I don't know. You know. Oh. I don't know. So it's a, awkward. A play I did in two thousand five. I was cast in it in two thousand. Well, late two thousand four. When I was still at university, um, and then it got selected for the National Student Drama Festival. So I did it there. Scarborough in the March 2005 then we did it the Fringe 2005 and it's the character is a, it's a so it's a monologue 75 minute monologue um, right no I didn't bloody uh, see it sorry by, man um, uh, so the, the character was a 100 year old clown right and so uh, 10 years later I did it again and I'm going to do it again in 2025 Brilliant. I'm going to do it every decade as I approach the age of the character <laughs> in fact, was it called the clown yeah it's Scaramouche Jones oh really oh shit man I'm sorry I didn't see that that year, it was it was Spencer Jones. It was I think he, whether he won that year or the year after, I'm not sure. But he he was nailing it, and there was a few other friends around who were doing really well. I think Marnie was on that year as well, and yeah, I was kind of uh, a big part of what made it a bearable experience was just reveling in everyone else's fucking daftness, <laughs> like Tash and Ellie as well. Oh, you know, God, yeah. like you know, the the first few times I saw them doing that thing where they do American sexy girls family, and they're just like these kind of sort of cam girl things. Yeah, like <laughs> with with like party hats on, being sort of semi Eastern European, but it's all a bit undefined. It's all a bit circus family ish, mm. but in a really unexplained way. I like unexplained comedy actually. Um, I'll have to come and see you. I'll have to come and watch your night. What's your night called? So that anyone in... The Alternative Comedy Memorial Society. ACMS. ACMS. Is that, is that always in London or do you take it around? Um, we've done a couple in Brighton, but Edinburgh and London. There's going to be two during the Fringe, but I won't be there. Right. Uh, 5th and the 12th of August. Uh, John Oakes hosting with Josie Long, the first one, and I think Eleanor Morton, the second. So you, you, your night sometimes happens without you even being there, like yeah, I like mean, Richard Branson. Well, usually <laughs> I'm there. Yeah, Luke takes Luke gets gets stressed. Yeah, yeah. When he's doing shows, so right. for the last couple of years, it's been Luke once a week and me five days a week. Right, and I'm just like either do it on my own or host with other people. What have you been doing on stage lately? Um. What do you mean? Stand up. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, are you are you just doing some stand up as you? I've done or, some, yeah, yeah, just stand up as me. Is, or are you work, are you doing a character or a sketchy? No, bit I, don't, or? I don't. I don't do character stuff. So, no. I don't. 
don't see the appeal. I like stand-up as, as, a, as a sort of honesty art form. You are an honest boy. Just about. <laughs> um, what's, yeah, no. what's tickling your honesty bones at the moment? Um, I... what, what do you want to be honest about today? Let's let's fucking do some honesty. Um, well, it's not honesty. Let's pretend we're being <laughs> the, the bit of material I'm like trying yeah, to yeah. trying to get to work is like, mm. you know how about people, people talk about uh, the right wing living in an alternate reality and having their mm. own sort of thing. Mm. But I think it's just as true on the left. Yeah, and the. The thing that really set me off was the that Oprah interview with Harry and Meghan, yeah. and Oprah like you know after having the understandably awful situation they've been through, but then Oprah mm. goes, "Speak your truth." Like, no, that's not <laughs> what fucking truth is. You don't get your own one. That's the that's the, <laughs> the, the people on the right have been cunts about this. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, oh, uh, no, you it that. There is. There are things that are true. <laughs> there are things that are true. You just, just you can't deny it. What isn't true? Um, fairies. <laughs> Don't know why that was the first. I was spelling it A E in my head. Fairies. Most health foods. They're not true. Most most foods. Just food's weird, isn't it? It's most most of what we eat is just like a weird thing that is sold to us as a thing called food. You know, like odd fucking things in tins and skips. Skips is a fucking good example. (laughs) What's that? Cheese strings. Um, (laughs) Pepperoni. Pepperoni. And we fucking fill ourselves with this shite. I mean, I like a full English, but even sausages, that's... Pushing it, it, pushing it. Your sausages are right on the cusp because there's obviously steak. That's the only, that's, that's the, the only true only, thing, isn't the it? The real food because you could, I've heard it speak. <laughs> that's the thing you don't get with vegetables, and nothing against vegans or vegetarians, but I uh, want to hear my food scream. <laughs> I want to, I want to know, I want to hear it give birth. Maybe if, maybe if we had more sensitive ears, we'd be able to hear a cauliflower whine. <laughs> yeah, don't flowers scream. That used to be a thing that kids said. I don't know if it's true or not. If you listen to a flower with a special microphone, you can hear it scream when it's picked. So flowers are alive. Yeah, they are alive. They're growing, obviously. Yeah. But how do they scream? I mean, how? What with? Have you ever seen a flower with a mouth? Or any form of... I mean, I think they'd know. A flower. Sorry. Uh, Yes, I have seen a flower with a mouth. (laughs) Tulips. Anything <laughs> <laughs> you And that's, that's what you're here for. I knew you'd come good an hour in. Don't worry, we'll keep going until you do something like as good as that again. Oh, God. Be here all, all night. <laughs> Truth is a weird one because it has been a strange time to live through politically with with uh, even though we always knew that when a politician's on the telly what it's basically doing is avoiding a question to say the thing that his boss has told him to say and you think well fair enough that's them trying to like sell in an idea and then people will vote for it but it's annoying to watch i do i genuinely think that the start a, a new question time because question yeah. time's just gone off the deep end yeah. anytime anyone comes on mm. and they say something that's provably a lie mm. they're not allowed back and that's not happening at the moment, right? Well, pretty Patel. Yeah, yeah. Like, 
when was the last time she said anything true? Yeah. This is it with post this post truth idea. It's really upsetting. Like, but is it as, as is it worse than it was though? Graduate, right here he is. And you know, and you know, the, the, yeah, there's a you know the um, back to the probably the George W. Bush right, administration yeah. is right. You know, I remember Rumsfeld's um, known knowns, known unknowns, but there right. was unknown unknowns. Yeah. And this is a Zizek quote, so strap in. We're missing the fourth term of Rumsfeldian epistemology. <laughs> there were unknown knowns, things that we didn't know that we already knew. But they were already constructing a narrative out with the facts at that point. So it starts to become a philosophy of politics that there's a way of communicating bullshit to us that will have a massive kind of nullifying effect on society. And and all it is is a tactic to win, right? Well, it's it, not like... No, well, it's a tactic, tactic to um, um, keep power, I think. And cover and, and the yeah, truth. It, it, just just having, having this sort of alternate narrative, which is barely related to the facts. And, yeah. and I think we, uh, 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 everyone should have respect for the facts. Yeah, they've got lost, haven't they? Do you think there's any way back for the facts? Because obviously... When the internet Go on. was um, in its infancy, its nascency, yeah. um, I was very, very uh, high on the idea that it was um, like the printing press. It was like right. a, way, a way to multiply the... Right. To make the truth people. available. Exactly. But... No. Like... Uh, well, I do. I do it's think it's fucking possible. bonkers. What? What? I do think it's possible that the internet can have that effect. It's just we're we're, st- we're still in the in in the sort of yeah yeah. It is. Very, it is fucking yeah. I mean, it's, it's so it's new really still. Young. Yeah, it is so young, and and I, I, obviously, I already know there's idiots out there watching nonsense and then and then get forming their beliefs on it. Yeah, but we already have the Daily Mail. Yeah, exactly, but. But then it's it's it goes even deeper than that because people are believing it in a different way because if someone's made a whole YouTube channel about how nine eleven didn't even happen, you can watch that and flat it will earthers. present itself. Yeah, flat earthers and all that. It will all present itself in a way that it could just weed its way into someone's head once they've watched enough of it and they're not watching anything else. So then when I see my kid show me little bits and pieces and because he's a you know he's a kid so he's watching TikTok. YouTube, and pretty much that's it, mm. right? So he is constantly going, oh, Dad, look at this. And he's showing me things that he doesn't realise are just garbage, just fucking flashing fucking rubbish that that he thinks is, oh, did you know that that's that and this is this? And, um, and it terrifies me to think that they've already been weeded in Kids are kids are in those channels where all of the bollocks is made, and the only thing competing with it is like Minecraft. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a knackered teacher at school who who gets to teach them about five minutes a day of stuff because everyone's fidgeting. I, uh, it's like it's I do, fucking I, I, scary. I, I do think we uh, we should tre- um, teach philosophy mm-hmm. early to kids because it's you know about like how to determine what truth is you know you know it, it Wittgenstein famously said it's not it's not really a subject it's it's more of a therapy of thought right but so it's more about are, are we arguing about the same thing and what what are our definitions mm-hmm. like, look 
Can this be true? Can this have a relation to truth? What are we talking about? It's just about? the asking of questions of, of what's around you, right? Is that is that a... F- I mean, it, it, it's, you know, the, the study of knowledge, essentially. But, like, like art, like, is, is this... Like, you know, mm. talk, philosophy talk about religion, you're like, is this something that we can talk about? Like, is it like being a food critic for knowledge? Philosophy? Um, Swishing it around your mouth and then going, hmm... Uh, because it's obviously subjective, isn't it? Well, no, that's the point. And well, so, yeah. So, certainly in the in the in the sort of um, ang- Anglo-Saxon uh, rationalist school of, of, of philosophy, no, we, we, there are things that we, we, we can appeal to truth. You know, like, mm. you, 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 I mean, you can't. How young would you teach philosophy? Twelve, thirteen, mm. maybe even earlier. So from the off, it's basically saying, "How do we f- how do look? We you're in the world. It's fucking complex, but there's all sorts of different ways of looking at that stuff." This is this is how this is how to um, look at any situation. Maybe that would help this this totally fucking polarized social media led debate bollocks that every day it's like you choose a side and you're either left or right. Um, I do it. I've done Jake recently, which is. Um... Most most political conversations are about as t- about as useful as two out of office auto replies chatting to each other over a long bank holiday weekend. <laughs> I'm going to Sorrento. Well, I'm going skiing. I'm going to Sorrento. I'm going skiing. See you next Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, like um, I I really value conversations where yeah. you where you're um, disagreeing. Yeah, but I'm you sitting- should talk to Matt Morgan. So, um, he would disagree with you. And my um, friend Chris Manzi, who is um, he, he he'd been he'd been campaigning for Brexit before anyone had heard the word Brexit. He hates we, when we had we were having a stand up row. when I knew I could be friends with him. Yeah. Stand up row about the European Union. I'm like, yeah. you're a fucking idiot. What yeah. Do you want to drink? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, why can't? Yeah, 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 yeah. Why can't we have those discussions? Yeah. Uh, as long as people are being honest, intellectually honest. Yeah. And you know, passionate and loud and whatever. You don't whatever. have to not like someone just because exactly. you don't agree. Like I, I think, I think Chris has horrendous opinions. But yeah. Like, as long as he acts well in. Well, well, that's how society. that's how we used to do it. I mean, it's become a bit of a cliche, and it's no use to anyone who's young. But people my age are going. We used to just fucking deal with this in the pub, mm. in ten minutes, and then someone would go. Right, let's change subjects now because we're all we're all being twats. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like you would fundamentally disagree on all sorts of issues, but it was all you were really doing is going, "Have you seen that thing?" Oh yeah, fucking blah blah. blah. Oh, I don't know. I think blah blah blah. It almost didn't even make a ripple in the as, in the water that much. I mean, as, people had people had debates and arguments. Of course, they did. But this thing of people being set against each other because it's the digital form. It's fucking terrifying. I don't know where it where because it, it is actually leading people to. You know, it's been exploited, isn't it? So like now on, on both sides, you have, you have oh absolutely intellectually dishonest people or intellectually naive people who are just saying fucking stupid shit yeah. because they're not they're not thinking it through and they're, and they're just taking a diametrically opposed position to something something mm. else fucking stupid. Yeah, uh, it has it has um, maybe it's been a healthy thing in that. Uh, I don't walk around because I have I have mainly sort of liberal views. I don't walk around anymore thinking that although those are my views, it doesn't mean I'm certain about all of them. And there's no point fucking trying to assert that you're certain about everything because that's what 
this whole fucking big argument that's going on. It's just people doing that. So it's clearly not working as a thing. And now you've got the so-called culture wars just fucking smashing you in the face every day. Although I must say, it is definitely true that as soon as you're not on the internet, you do, it, you suddenly realise that there is still a peaceful world with just sort of normal people walking around. Yeah, I mean, and you can, you can still have conversations. And you get to choose whether or not you plug into that fucking noise. Yeah, and um, and the papers and that. Yeah, the pa- yeah. Will I mean, they ever die out the papers? Because it just looks probably. it just look fucking stupid to me now. All of them. And there's only two real papers, and it's the Guardian and the Telegraph. And isn't the Times any good? Fuck off. <laughs> I don't know. I'd... Murdoch. All oh, right. Well, yeah. I mean, Murdoch. Fucking Murdoch. Um. Yeah, it's, it's just the, the sun with small typeface, mm. really. Um, mm. But no, but the, like, both the, the, the Guardian and the Telegraph, you sort of know where they're coming from, and they hire decent writers. Mm. <laughs> like, that's fine. And the, the Guardian has a better crossword, so that's where I am. <laughs> but hasn't it been confusing to live in this time where... It's so brazen. The bullshit is now so brazen. And I used to work in advertising, right? It's not. It's not now so brazen. I stopped ever touching the Times when I think I got. I just bought, you know, bought mm. a, bought a paper. Mm. Got, got home, reading the front page. I, I, get, I got a pen out and circled <laughs> the lies. <laughs> it was a, a story about um, mobile phones causing cancer. And you're like, All right. Well, this picture of a brain scan is from an unrelated right. study. <laughs> this thing in... This is just... I cannot cope with this. What I'd like and is... that was 2002. I think that would make a good podcast, just circling the lies in a paper. Yeah. <laughs> putting up the image of the of where you, what you've circled and going, right, let's fucking have this. Mm. Um, it is scary how much of what we consume... It's just bollocks. So, like, the thing that first started getting me... I can't watch television news anymore. No, no. I, 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 I mean, it's a bit irresponsible in some ways, but I am uh, not just out of a point of principle, but just because I don't want to be depressed and I, I just want to feel okay every day, I am tending to not delve into the uh, every, the, the daily noise of whatever the thing so is. Did you know uh, Nassim Nicholas Taleb? No. You read the... Br- uh, Brilliant book, which is how I first came across it, called um, "The Black Swan." Mm-hmm. Fa- fabulous book, and it, it and his previous book, "Fooled by Randomness." In a footnote in that, he predicted uh, the financial crash of really? <laughs> two thousand and eight. Um, and it, it, brilliant, but like one of one of his things is um, don't read the news on any any form. Yeah, I if can't it, think of a reason to other than it's like just going to stress you. There out. is tanks heading to your village. But then, which you've will done, tell which you. you've done, yeah. <laughs> someone will tell you. Yeah. A donkey will bray, and you'll go, "Oh God!" Like this sounds pretty bad. Cheers, Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really, really have got a problem with the news. Don't like it. And it, you know, also it's like that, that, that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use a fancy word now just to impress you. That dichotomy, darling, mm. of um. The fact that the news is basically put together as entertainment, but at the same time, all it's trying to do is fucking worry you. 
It's like fucking hell, guys. Do you remember that? Uh, do you know that Mike Birbiglia bit where he's just talking about how new um, news is, 24 hour news is. Pew, 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 pew! <laughs> Are your children having sex at the mall? <gasps> I don't even have kids! <laughs> There's a this tanks on the way. Oh, really? Puts the mall sex into perspective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's my, and I worry because like my mum, for example, over the last fucking twenty years, they just have Sky News on, like it's supposed to just be there all the time, like like that screen in a train station. Yeah, if there isn't golf on, my dad's and, got the news, and on. it says all day whatever it is they're talking about says breaking news. Like, like it's tapping you on the shoulder going, oh, God, guess what? Breaking news. And at one point I was like, Mum, all of this is breaking news because you've just got it, it on all be. the time. Because it's... Don't, she must say, oh, shit, I better watch this because it says breaking news. It's just... That's just a phrase. Mm. Don't worry about it. Just, you know, you can step away from the... The only, we, the only day yeah. I'm happy for that to be used is uh, um, transfer deadline day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Redknapp's in a car. <laughs> <laughs> Redknapp, we're over Jamie Redknapp in a car. Oh, I was talking. Oh, Jimmy. Oh, you talking about Harry? What yeah, as yeah. a manager? L- yeah, le- leaning out, leaning out of his window. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Breaking news. Well, I can't say anything right now. You're just gonna have to see. Right, everyone, follow him. He's he's up. He's on his way to Carlisle. <laughs> You're a football man, aren't you? You like you you like your. Leeds United, don't the you? The answer is God. Oh, God, I knew you were going to say that. Actually, the first thing I thought of when you were, you were going to get off the train, I thought he's going to start with his fucking Bielsa is God. Bielsa is God, honestly. Have you watched the Amazon documentary? Do you know what? I haven't. It's so good, um, especially because it was um, the first season is the season we didn't get promoted with Bielsa. Right, so you were in the... Championship. Championship. You have him for a year. You don't come up. Do you already think he's God? Yeah. Why? Um... The first game we played under him, we destroyed the opposition. Mm. And it's all the same players. Mm. The same players who had barely scraped 11th the previous season. Right, yeah, yeah. And we always like, oh, God, we look like world beaters now. Uh, and it, 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 So is that where it came from? He basically turned what looked like a shit team. He just fucking... It's still a championship but, squad, apart from yeah, yeah, yeah. Rafinha, yeah. essentially. But did he basically put a rod up a load of people's ass to make them overachieve? And that's why you think of him as godlike. No, he, he is such a moral individual. Right. He views being a football manager as part of being, like, part of the job is being a community oh, right, okay. leader. And, like, I didn't know that side of him. And he, and he took the job probably, possibly because, you know, it, we're a big club in the doldrums mm-hmm. and it's a one club town. Mm-hmm. So, like, View and his his views on the on football. Mm. We should attack. We should, yeah, we should yeah, yeah. I, mean, that, should, I, I and, get that bit. But then, do you remember the Villa game that season? No, because I'm a Man United fan and I don't watch Leeds. Scum, 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 scum. <laughs> um, Villa had a player down injured. We scored, and he said, "Let them have a goal." Ah, uh, for fuck's sake! And he he made yeah. made them. And the only person who like tried to do anything about it was Pontus Janssen, our captain at the time, who then got sold at the end of the season. Wow. I didn't know that. He's like, yep, yeah, no. No, I it, get this that. This is not fair. This is not fair. Give them a goal. It's funny. These these little football cultural little moments, or these characters that people get assigned, they do come from They do come from actions, don't they? It's not just... He's, like, he, like, 
and he refused. That's interesting. He, I didn't. I didn't realize that he refused to speak to the Amazon documentary. Yeah. I was like, why? Yeah. When the season's over, I'll do an interview. So it's the first in-person, like, sit-down, on-camera interview. So they've had to make the series anyway, but he doesn't partake well, until... Well, so they, they, they've used um, his um, stuff from press conferences, oh, right, which, yeah, which yeah, you know yeah. you have to do. Yeah, fair enough. But, so, but, but they just put that... That's smart, I think. But he's, he's like... I'm, Otherwise, I'm you know... Only, you... I'm only concentrating on the football. Why, why yeah, would yeah. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. And the, but the documentary's so fascinating, because one, you know, there's the, at the Villa one, there's the transfer deadline day, there's also the Spygate happened that oh season, shit right yeah which is amazing and, and his response to that which so was... just just for listeners who might not know what that is leeds united what happened there was there was a uh, there, an... there was a, a guy uh was sent to basically spy on derby's training ground from leeds yeah to see what they were doing tactically yeah. and bielsa's response was like i'm sorry i'm sorry here is everything I know about Derby. <laughs> he gave the rest of the division a full scouting breakdown of everything he thought about the, like It's two-hour press conference in Spanish. As it, as Was that after apology. he'd been busted? Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I shouldn't have done it because I already know all these things that you know all know. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. Yeah, that was, God, that was funny. That's when football, over, a, over the average season, I just find the whole... I've just been watching it for so long, it just doesn't often interest me that much anymore. There's not many characters in the game anymore and all that. So when a thing like that happens, it's like the best bit of the season, isn't it? Because it's a soap opera, it's a new storyline, isn't it? Have you heard my voice? Like, yeah, I'm having... Do you know what it is? And they are, my, my, It's partly emotion, but my, um, my lovely patrons already know that um, I've actually had a blood test the other day I think I might have a hormonal imbalance going on because I've got an actual little lump in my tit here. Oh, nice. I'm actually topless as well. Yes, yes. Um, at the moment. It's dangerously sexy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got your legs crossed. Something's working. <laughs> but, um, yeah, my voice keeps wobbling. Uh, it's a bit of a worry, especially when I'm planning to go out there and sing for cash. <laughs> uh, it'll end up... It'd be one of those situations where I accidentally stumble upon a comedy act <laughs> and everyone's like falling about laughing and I'm like, all it's right. It's BG's tribute. <laughs> Lean into it. Are you lonesome tonight? See if you can sing a chord. <laughs> I, I found the note where it breaks. Oh, oh, give me a... Uh, It's like it sort of hits a snag. You've got a speed bump in your would you throat. Look, would, you, would you look down my throat? Would you be a darling and look down my throat? With oh, it? it's, it's, it's the day Just... after freezing day. We can spin each other's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just put this torch and, you know, a running, a jogging torch around on your head and just have a fucking good look. I want, have a, just fucking stick your fucking... I want your hand in my mouth up to the elbow, fishing around until you can feel what maybe there's something oh, in there. Face fisting. <laughs> just, just get right fucking in there. Don't take no for an answer. If if you if I tap the floor three times, that's like come out, come that, out. That, that, that's your that's your safe my safe word. But there's always the nose, isn't there? So I can always don't don't. If I look like I'm panicking, just get, keep going because if I'm not breathing through my nose, that's my fault. Um, ever fisted anyone? Uh, <laughs> no, I kind of, so. Thank God, thank God, because I didn't want you to answer. Um, 
I mean, I've been very drunk a number of times, so... I might have done, I might have done. But certainly not what I've documented or remembered. It's not something people uh, talk about a lot, is it? Fisting. Because it's one of them... Com- it's a comedy word, isn't it? But at the same it's a, time... It's a good fun word, I mean... It is a fun word. It's, it's ever since the Julian Clary well, fisting yeah. Norman Lamont. Yeah, I mean, that literally ended his television career overnight, didn't it? Bless him. He, he, he was, funnily enough, I mean, you know, it's a long time ago, so his proper telly career just got taken off him. He was on Apollo the other night, uh, and I, I, I always had, a, I really loved him. I thought he was just really fucking adorable whenever he was on stage. And he was on Apollo the other night, and he didn't look any older. I mean, I know, like, he wears a lot of makeup, mm. but then again, so does my mum. <laughs> <laughs> And she doesn't look like Julian Clary. No offence, Mum. Tom, I have, uh, over the years, been always very impressed with your ability to fucking go out on a limb and just wear something a bit off-piste. Where's that come from? Um, uh, I've, al- I've always been a bit mad. <laughs> yeah. Sartorially. Yeah. I got, in Bangladesh, I got um, voted most unpredictable <laughs> for my year. And when they came to take a photo, like, you know, it had been voted, I was wearing my hair in seven bunches. <laughs> At what age? Uh, 13, 14. Uh. Um, oh, I can't tell you the number of times I had um, an ended um, lunch with a French plat because a girl said, can I touch your hair? <laughs> like, yes, whatever you want. <laughs> but so I haven't been quite sort of gender bendy. Yeah. And like, I'm happy, like, I wear a skirt around the house. I've got multiple dresses that I, I'll, I'll end up in if, if yeah. left to my own devices. Um, I'll tell you what. The- and is that just around the house or would you, do you feel comfortable enough to like nip out to the shops or go and do a gig and go, right, tonight I'm... In that mood, or um, I've I've um, hosted ACMS in, in my little skirt, yes. Oh, have you? And and a dress, yeah. I did wonder whether what what, what I was going to be greeted with. When it came to, <laughs> the, and it briefly crossed my mind that there's uh, a certain amount of small-minded, um, you know, large-skulled men around here that might I'm, have I'm, in, I'm might have loved the opportunity to throw you over a bridge. Quite conservatively today. Yeah, you are. Just um, in some nice little shorts. What's your favourite? Uh, do you do you ever? Are you thinking about anyone else when you wear something that's a little bit kind of unconventional? Or is it literally just, this feels good, I'm off out? Um, I mean, I'm quite, I'm quite performative in general, you know, so it, 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 it does, you know, it's like, I enjoy being mm-hmm. being looked at, darling. I'll tell yeah. you what, though, um, mm. my area's on the fucking turn. Because I, like, I used to be the interesting-looking one. <laughs> now, now, walking up from Finsbury to my house um, the other day, I saw it was might not be a couple, a man and a woman. Yeah. Or however they yeah. choose yeah. to present. But yeah. the woman was dressed like she was a man in a man in his fifties going shooting, and the man was dressed as Grace Jones, like <laughs> these black silk culottes and these high heels, and they were passing between them. Photos that they had had printed out, like from an actual camera, like these fucking hipsters, <laughs> these fucking hipsters. They ruined. I would. I'm the interesting guy around here. Yeah, I love the Fuck idea no. of you walking down the road with like a fucking teapot on your head and a skirt, going fucking hipsters. <laughs> They've shut both of the Weatherspoons near us. Have they? What? Because there's just not enough normal people left. 
Yeah, one's a super drug and one's a £5.60 a pint place now. £5.60. Ridiculous. Fucking hell, I never thought I'd see the day. I remember my mum running a pub and it, someone muttering, fucking £2 pint had had just happened. That was 1986, I'd say. There's still... still £2 fucking pint. Centre of Leeds, you can still go to the Angel. Mm. £2.14. For what? For a, a bit, like a bitter, for bitter, yeah, bitter or a mild. It used it used to be um, that you'd go there when I was six or illegally drinking. Of but course, you go there and you genuinely struggle to spend a tenner on a on a round. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> fucking great days, man. And you and you and you'd be getting like a a, a rum and black alongside as well. <laughs> oh, do you remember that Perno Lager and Black? Remember that? Or never, Perno Cider and Black? That was I've another one. I've never had that. I've never had Perno. But a pint of cider. With a perno and black in it. That's weird. Like, what What got me about That's the drink? Aniseed, apple and blackcurrant. Yeah. I suppose that does work, doesn't it? With a diamond white as well. Do you remember, there was one called a castaway blastaway, wasn't there? Do you remember that? No. That was like a student drink. Bottle of castaway and a bottle of diamond white in a pint pot. Which castaway was like, it looked like, it's like an alka pop. Mm. But like hooch or whatever, but before hooch. Like reef. And uh, yeah, and uh, it just used to get people fucking mullered. And you think, I'm sure we were all going to be fine. We were going to get drunk. Why Why was the culture, right, you have to drink the fucking two pints of the rocket fuel thing that makes everyone puke within, like, an hour? Do you know like, I, It's you, fucking weird, thinking I, back. I, I hate those, um, like, the fizzy ciders. Can't, can't, just don't get on with them. Mm. I really like, the, you know, the, the cloudy, scrumpy stuff. Like, yeah. you know, the um, like Adelston's or whatever. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it, but basically, you, know, you know the stories you see on the local news sometimes, like, oh, the horse got into the orchard and he ate all the rotting apples that <laughs> yeah, fallen yeah. on the floor and now he's stolen a speedboat. <laughs> 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 yeah. It's shit yeah. that, like, really, like, it's fucking yeah, yeah. M- mental juice. Yeah. I love that, those ciders. Do you drink at home? It, well, I've said this on a podcast before, but I'll say it again. At the beginning of the... Mm. old pando mm. I thought well, as long as I'm not drinking alone mm. that's fine mm. now I'm like as long as I'm not drinking then in I bed. invented another me to talk to <laughs> but no as long as I'm not drinking currently in bed <laughs> yeah yeah but, yeah but I do drink alone yeah. I I always have had you know you know there's a little bit of booze over there you can see there's a bottle of tequila there that I've never is that open no, I've never opened let's, let's, it. Do, 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 I don't know what to... live on live on air. <laughs> oh fuck! I'm yeah, so bad. On. I'm so bad at fucking tequila. <laughs> Where's your shot glasses? Well, just use that uh, top of the uh, cocktail shaker. Oh fucking hell! And after this, we'll go for a pint, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here we go. It's fucking happening, guys. You better do one. Oh yeah. Okay, guys, Tom Tuck has officially opened a bottle of tequila that Tony Way, the comedy actor and lovely bloke, bought me for my birthday. I've never known what to do with it, but now I'm drinking it in the afternoon with my top off. Ah! Oh, you bastard. Not another one. I can't do another one. I get heartburn and stuff. Quite peppery. That is quite peppery, that. Go on, son. I sort of knew this might happen. <laughs> oh. In fact, I bought a bottle of wine and then I drank half of it last night just so you didn't drink it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little cheeky Sancerre in the in the fridge. Ooh, 
Love a song. Would you like a little glass of wine? Oh, or should we go to the pub in a minute and round this up? Up to you, babe. It's starting to be quite fun, this. Funnily enough, having just fucking downed a bit of booze. (laughs) No, I must say, my heavy drinking days are fucking gone. The last time we had a proper day out was when we went two years ago. Two years ago, summer, and you... It was fucking great, because I think... I don't know if you were first coming with me. I had tickets for Bob Dylan and Neil Young at Hyde no, Park. No, your friend dropped out on you. And yes. you were like, you like Dylan, don't you? I was like, yeah, yeah I bloody do, mate. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm Dylan obsessive. And it was the best fucking thing that could have happened. Because... And um, Laura Marling as well. Yeah. What a gig. Yeah, it was fucking great. Yeah, and and Neil Young was better than Dylan. Yeah. I, I mean, but to be fair, by but then I was just... It... Some shoes with some with a, with some meat stood up in it. We had a lot of lager and a lot of sunstroke. <laughs> yeah, and there was a bit. I mean, not that we were on anything particularly, but there's a lot of weed going round. Wasn't there? Just generally, there was friendly. Did, there was friendly people just fucking passing spliffs about when Neil Young did, was on. Did we actually have any? Yeah, oh. but yeah, we did most of the damage just with lager and heat. And uh, you were fucking brilliant value all day, and then it just got to the point where. I was like, I need to get a cab now. But like, you, you, you. There was a good hour and a half, two hours where it was like, you're right, Tom, and you were just, it, it was just a shape looking back at me, going, man, man, man. <laughs> I, but you, re- but you could tell that you were really happy. Well, I've, I, I've never, never, I've only seen Dylan three times, I think, but it was the happiest I've ever seen him on stage. It was. It was. Yeah, it was, he was. He was having fun. It was None of us so were. So much. <laughs> I wasn't. But he, no, he was. He was. He was. It was good. It was good. It, it was I, a I, fucking I, I a privilege. Some, someone filmed it. and I've watched it back. Oh really? The Dylan concert. Oh right. Yeah, oh, he really sent us a link. Um, it's on YouTube. I fucking loved that day. Oh man, New York was so good because we we were like, really was. We were like, oh, I hope he does this next, and he did it next. Yeah, and we're like, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> he did. He, he fucking nailed it. And I've, I've yeah, I didn't realize how much I loved him until that gig. And then, um, you know, I've got a few of his songs learned, actually, that have gone into my little repertoire Ooh, for my... Uh... No, I'm a big, big fan of Neil Young, but, like, just proper, like, uh, the, the the full canon. I don't... Who can touch Dylan? And also... Who can touch Dylan? When lockdown happened and when everything went away and when the news was saying, and things may never be the same again, and that's the end of everything, good night... But Bob Dylan's still touring. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just so glad then that I'd that year I'd been to that gig, or the year before, I'd been to that gig and I'd been to Stevie Wonder, Lionel Richie, which was kind of like not as big a deal for me, but actually then he was fucking brilliant. He's a good you showman, know, isn't he? Hyde, He's a good Hyde, showman. Hyde Park's kind of awful, but then when it was lockdown, it was like, oh, God, those are the days, man. Those are the days. But, yeah, that Neil Young day... What's the best concert you've ever been to? Oh man, I never know the answer to this. I've got to say that the Neil the Neil Young set is up there for me. It was pretty, pretty because, fucking good. Because we were, I don't because I went there for two different gigs. There was different positions you can stand in at Hyde Park where the sounds quite shit, but for some for some reason we ended up in a spot where it sounded really fucking yeah, good. We, the guitars were really clear. His voice was fucking just the same as on the records, mm. and I've got to say. That felt like a bit of a religious experience for me. Um, it, I always feel a bit cringy because I don't think I've got that good a gigging record mm. where, you know, like I go, oh, yeah, and I saw Oasis at Heaton Park and I saw Stone Roses come back as an event was amazing. 
and and it didn't feel like the music was being played badly, which then sort of notorious people a bit sniffy about the Stone Roses live and all that. But as an event, it was just fucking incredible. But Neil Young is up there. Um, but then smaller gigs. Um, so I've always been a massive I Am Clute fan, and I've seen them a couple of times where it just Johnny uh, Bramwell's voice. It's just it's got this haunting, classic quality to it that it's always been a mystery to me why they're not bigger. Yeah, uh, I, I, a number of people have said I should take the time of, to get into them. Yeah, um, I, I, I really, I, really I, I just like his, I like his mind, mm. and uh, I ended up visiting a friend of mine that used to be. Uh, he, he's a musician himself, and he for a while he was the drummer in. The Seahorses when that oh, when yeah. that happened right and and That's Andy was record still yeah yeah good record yeah but that he he just had a you know one of those three years where he was part of a thing and it's suddenly really big and then the rest of his career has been like bits and bobs and whatever but he put on a night down in Totnes and Johnny Bramwell came down and was like his guest and we were drinking with him and he did a set of all the songs that I love and to be fair that night was fucking special mm. because it was like. It's a little bit I'm with the band, do you know what I mean? But in a really small, oh, intimate venue, so um, he was pissed. So, like, you know yeah. how much I love the mountain goats. You love the mountain goats. Um, so, John Darnell mm-hmm. uh, did a, a few years ago did a record about pro wrestling. Like, yeah. It's a sort of concept. Not, right. It's all about sort of wrestling. M- lots of luchadores <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. Um, so, do you know Colt Cabana? No. Nope. He's a wrestler. Okay, and so he got to know Colt because he like would go on like wrestling shows to promote the record, and so Colt's a friend of mine. He does comedy as well. Yeah, um, and I was guesting on Colt, Colt and John Hastings' show. Yeah, um, in Edinburgh, and he'd got John Darnell, the singer for the Mountain Goats, to record an intro for me. Wow! Because he Colt knew how um, I much love the band. And he just like he happens to know this guy, and, and he recorded like a wrestling intro. In the red guy, please welcome the indomitable. <laughs> and so then he started following me on Twitter after that. So do you have dialogue with your mountain goat boys? Yeah. So where are they from? Uh, he's from California, but uh, he lives in Durham, North Carolina. Do you ever fancy America? Do you ever have? Do you ever have this dream sort that of. you could end up out there in that dusty plains uh, airstream caravan, being a sort of wandering minstrel? That'd be fun to sort of, you know, like, like that's a bit like, of a dream like, for like me. Dylan, um, the Rolling Thunder review. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, well, so, so John Daniel started following me on Twitter. Yeah. And then he changed his Twitter bio to Orzhov Cleric. Now that's pretty niche, mm. but it's in reference to a geeky card game that I've played since I was a child. Oh. Weirdly, that has the same initials as the Mountain Goats. Magic the ah. Gathering, TMG, MTG, yeah. um, and I was like, "Oh my God, John, you, he started, he started playing, playing Magic the Gathering, and he, yeah, he has." And so last time he came to this these this accepted Isle, I DM'd him. I was like, "Do you want to play some Magic for your church? You have to put up by." He's like, "Yeah, I fucking do, mate." Fucking brilliant. So I, t- I got six other people. We went backstage and played Magic the Gathering before their show. And, <laughs> and then watched. Uh, and then watched the show, yeah. Could be, that'd be a weirder story if you just sort of sat and waited for them to come back. <laughs> <laughs> well, because yeah. And we, um, we all had tickets, 
But then the, the producer, producer of the show, the promoter was like, "Hey, do you want wristbands to go like the cool, the cool like balcony, yeah, yeah. balcony do you wanna, spot? Do you want to go where the Voulevants are? Well, no, it's it, it just there's a, mm. there's a sort of a bar mm. much closer, <laughs> brilliant, and really, really good seats on the balcony. It's like beautiful cool as hell. Love a balcony. Cool I've got to say, at this age, I love a balcony. That's the thing about gigs. We did really well that day. We had a seat through Laura Marling, and then we had to stand up." What, Towards the end of sat, New York. well, sat on the floor. You mean? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, there's enough space, right? We we did people, good. People started standing up, in, you know, in front of us. So we like halfway through New York, we like, no, we've got to stand now, otherwise we won't be able to see his face. Do you remember there was a guy, <laughs> that weird guy, to our yeah. right? Yeah, there was a guy who. It's one of those where someone's basically just their whole life has been this person, and they've lived it, and he's dressed as it, and he's and and he. He was telling us, he kept telling us the same thing basically again and yeah. again, didn't he? But that he, I can't remember where he was from, but he he was a bit what we've talked about before on, on another episode. He was quite Essexy, wasn't he? He was, yeah. He was, he was a bit of a a well end, is what the, the phrase is um, for people who a well-to-do bellend, <laughs> sort of <laughs> uh, uh, an aging Paul Weller lookalike. The 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 the, the thing I I actually stepped away from just at the right moment before the well-end door trapped me forever. <laughs> um, this guy was was. He didn't look. He didn't look too daft, but he was quite leathery. Wasn't he was it? quite leathery and quite friendly, and it felt like a good idea to say, "Oh, nice one, mate! Isn't it great? We're all here and all that." And then he became that guy who is like the pissed guy on the bus yeah. who won't fucking leave you alone. He really did, and he, and he ended up falling over on people and stuff, didn't he? Do you remember? Yeah. Which, to be we, fair, we, we, an hour later could have been you, but yeah. but you you held it together. Yeah, no, like I, I'm good at swaying, mm. <laughs> but like, all the way down to the ground because because we'd been friendly with him. People yeah. were looking at us. Like, oh, I, yeah, yeah, that was it. And we were like, going, um, "Hello, don't know who he is?" Like, I fucking I don't know. He's just a, a weeble man from yeah, you, you know. And he was like staggering into people in front of us, and we're like, but. And, and the, going, and, sorry, 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 yeah. but then doing it again, falling yeah. over into picnics and stuff. Yeah, that was it. And yeah, then but it, that's then he part to, of it. He, he it? went to the loo, yeah. and then we like had to explain to everyone around, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. "You do not know yeah, this yeah, man." Yeah, that was it. Yeah, <laughs> we do not know this man, and just so you know, we also don't know each other <laughs> just for in just happens. in another hour when we're the ones who are twatted. Great days, mate. Now I think I'm going to wrap things up. So, are you up for doing a mountain goat song? Yeah, sure. Do, do you wanna, so what I'm going to say, two, there are two styles of mountain goat songs. Sad. Right. And really sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think just sad for now. Okay. Because oh, my also... my oeuvre of of song playing and writing is also sad. There's so a, there there is a, um, a subcategory which is sad, but also vaguely triumphant. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do. So basically, guys, you've been listening to Tom Tuck. Um, who is a brilliant comedian and uh, character, really, uh, in and around the London scene. <laughs> love love spending time with him. We're going to go to the pub now. And in future episodes, if you think this is a good idea, I might start plonking a, a little song on the end myself. Instead of being self-indulgent and going, hey, guys, here's a song... I'm going to experiment with someone else doing a song, saying, if you like having a song at the end, I'll make that a weekly part of the show. And it'll probably usually be me doing it, unless I've got someone else who wants to do one. Um, but for now, here is Tom Tuck singing... Uh, dance music. By... The Mountain Goats. And that's the 
going to be the end of this episode after that. So thanks for joining us. I'll let Tom play us out. See you again next time, guys. 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 Remember, if you love the show in a deep and probably unhealthy way, you can help support it on an ongoing and stalky basis on patreon.com forward slash stupid hearts club. Uh, your choice. See you soon, you internet weirdos. I'm, I'm one. <laughs>